Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your favorite quarterback hater, Robert Mathis, and you're listening to the For the Culture Podcast. This is the For the Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Diamond, with my man, Jason Spears. 27-17, the Colts defeat the New England Patriots for the first time since 2009. Jason, I was a freshman in high school. Now I'm coaching freshman basketball in high school. It's been a long time since the Colts beat the New England Patriots, and we have finally gotten back to that point. You put out the tweet after the game, the rivalry is back on. That's a quote from Chris Ballard in 2017. Josh McDaniels took the head coaching job. He backed out of the head coaching job. Ballard pissed in the press conference, said the rivalry is back on. It's been 12 years since we beat the New England Patriots. The rivalry couldn't officially be back on until we beat them. Not only did we beat them, but we punched them in the mouth. We beat them without a passing game tonight. So you have the McDaniel saga. You have a physical chippy game with Michael Pittman getting tossed, which was ridiculous. A couple guys or a guy on the Patriots getting tossed and the Colts finding a way, battling adversity late. It goes from a 20-point lead down to a three-point lead to a 10-point win thanks to, in my opinion, the league's most valuable player, Jonathan Taylor, busting out a 67-yard touchdown run to put the Colts up 10 points. 27-17, your final score as the Colts defeat the New England Patriots, who came into this game on a seven-game winning streak. The Colts sitting at 8-6, and six, improving to the fifth seed in the AFC. Jason, what a night to be a Colts fan. Yeah, it's been a long time coming, man, and that was a beautiful performance. I mean, especially the first half. That's about as good as I've seen a Colts team play. Defense got after it. Special teams with a huge play. EJ Speed with his second touchdown. Jonathan Taylor grinding it out in the first half. You know, we jump out to a 20-0 lead and, and kind of, you know, made it a little bit more difficult on ourselves down the stretch. But a huge win, man. I mean, I like I, I mentioned in the pregame, this team – that we played today, I cannot stand. And so the, the, the win is sweet. The, the stakes that what was at stake in this game makes it even sweeter to come back from an and three start and to be in the driver's seat to get really the fifth seed. And who knows what happens with Tennessee? You never know what team is going to show up with them. I think they'll probably still win the division, but the Colts have put themselves in the driver's seat to get, a fifth seed going forward. All they have to do is take care of their final two games against the Raiders and the Jags. Next week is kind of a it's kind of a you know cherry on top game. If they win, that's great. It makes it a hell of a lot easier. But as far as tonight goes, man, I just feel really, really blessed that we got to see it. It was a Saturday night game with everything that's going on with Ryan Kelly. It was it was really cool to see the way the offensive line pulled together and just absolutely dominated up front um Jonathan Taylor's a special player man and we're, we're lucky to have him in Indy and uh I just thought it was an electric Jason, night. you I can't run first... against the loaded box right 10 guys in the box yeah, I, mean, I believe they said on that one yeah I mean we just can't run against a stack box except nope. we can except Jonathan about... Taylor's three biggest rushing touchdowns of the year all came against loaded boxes absolutely and you know I, I just I'm thankful that Frank got back to that before it was too late. He could have just kept I, I was so afraid on that last drive that he was gonna try to throw and he didn't. He stuck to, you know, he, he got back to what we needed to do. And I always talk to you, Luke, on this show. We always talk about it. 
He's always one play away from hitting a home run, yep. and he did just that. He hits a home run, wins the game. It's a wrap after that. So defense was really good for most of the game. You know, I thought they they struggled, obviously, with the tight end again. But for the most part, man, they balled out. I don't think they gave up any points to the fourth quarter. So that's what, seven quarters scoreless? It was seven consecutive uh, scoreless quarters. The entire Houston game, first three quarters today – Granted, we give up 17 points in the fourth, and they were knocking on the doorstep at the end of the third, first play of the fourth quarter. They score a touchdown, the Henry touchdown. But still, seven consecutive quarters, four against Houston, but then three against a really good New England Patriots team. So that's got to be one of the longest streaks in Colts franchise history, dating back to Baltimore and then definitely the Indianapolis era. I can't remember another time. You could check like bookends on the Pagano shutout against the Bengals the game before the game after you could check in 2018 when we shut out the Cowboys game before game after but I can't remember damn near two consecutive games like that where you go seven straight quarters without giving up a point not just no touchdowns no field goals no safeties no nothing like no points allowed by the Colts for seven straight quarters got busted up there in the fourth but very impressive stretch yeah, and it was important to, to show that we could finish. And obviously, there's a lot to clean up from this game, but the bottom line is when they had to have it in this game, they got it. Their defense made plays, special teams made plays, and the offense struggled pretty much the entire game. against. I mean, let's people are getting it twisted up here. The, the Patriots are a great defensive team. They're not just going to lay down. you got to go beat them. And I thought the Colts did that. They finally hit that home run on that last possession. And that was the game. And that's what a good team does. They find ways to win against other good teams. They get contributions from all kinds of players. And the Colts did that tonight. And it was really, really exciting to see. Um, they can win a whole hell of a lot of different ways. But I feel like the DNA of this team is to get behind that offensive line and hand it to 28. Because at some point, if you give him enough at-bats, so to speak, he's yep. going to hit a home run. And I don't care who they play. Tampa, the Patriots, it doesn't matter to me. It's not about who we're playing. It's about who we have running the rock. Exactly. And that guy's second to none in this league. So I, I was happy to see the way we finished that game. We hadn't done it all year. We did it tonight. I think it's a great sign going forward. I thought the defense was outstanding for the most part. Two more turnovers, four tackles for loss, a sack, just a, a great game plan by, by Flus tonight. And, and then Bubba with you know another design block and, and just an outstanding job by Matt Adams getting there and blocking that, 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 that kick. So this, that's how you win in this league, Lou. Yep, it's not it always going to be, pretty. you know, yep. our offense is always going to drop 30 against, you know, every defense. It's, it's going to be ugly some nights and some nights Carson's going to be off and other guys got to pick them up. Tonight was one of those nights. And it just says, it says everything you need to know about this team. They find a way and that's, what's important. We can beat anyone. I truly believe that this defense is opportunistic two more turnovers, the special teams makes play after play after play, and we've got the best player in the league right now going for us behind a great run-blocking offensive line. I'm pumped, man. I can't wait to see what the rest of the season has in store, but tonight the Indianapolis Colts are the better team between the Colts and the Patriots, and that's a beautiful thing. Oh, absolutely, and it was on primetime and the whole McDaniel saga from a couple of years ago. So like, there were so many factors, Patriots, Colts, you said it on the game preview. These two franchises have a history, had a rivalry, and the history books, you could never delete that. But for the last 12 years, it hasn't been a rivalry because 
it was so one-sided. And there were a lot of games within that stretch that weren't remotely close. The Deflategate game being probably the gold standard of those games where we lose that game by what, 35, 38 points? It was 45 to just seven. seven, I want to yeah, seven. Yep. So we got our Yeah, Luke, Luke. The closest game we had with them was the punt game. The fake punt, the, which is an embarrassing yeah. in itself. That was so embarrassing. You could have lost that game by a point or two. It didn't matter because that overshadowed you could have lost that game by 50 points, 60 points, 70 points. It didn't even matter because at the end of that game, the emphasis was on holy crap, that was the dumbest play call design ever <laughs> execution the fact that it was an illegal formation i don't want to get into fake pun right now because this is our night this is our win but you brought up an analogy of the ohio state buckeyes and the michigan wolverines two historic colleges college football programs a great big 10 rivalry that goes back decades maybe even a century at this point and for the last 15 20 years it's been all ohio state so even though it's still a rivalry and when they play each other, it means a little bit more than every other game. It was so one-sided that it wasn't really a rivalry anymore to the standard it used to hold. And Colts Patriots is the same way. Like there's still, you see that logo, the way Robert Mathis talks about them, like that bad blood will always be there, especially because Belichick's still their coach. So the identity of the Patriots, like they don't look at us. Coming into this game, I think the way we still look at them, and I think that's the same thing with Ohio State and Michigan. This year, Michigan finally gets that win. They get over the hump, and for the first time in 12 years, we get over that hump as well. So it does reignite that rivalry, especially when you look at the fact that their offensive coordinator took our job. He backed out of it. Michael Pittman getting physical in this game, and it was getting chippy, and there was ejections, and... It had all like the telltale signs of what a rivalry means. So it was kind of like laying there in the weeds. And today it came back to life, which is a beautiful thing. And we came out on the winning end to really solidify the fact that these two franchises have a history, used to play in the same division, had the entire Manning Brady era in the 2000s. Then there was a lull for about 12 years. And now it's back. And we're back, and these are two teams that could meet again this season in the playoffs. These are two of the better teams in the AFC. I would say at least two of the top three, four teams in the AFC when you look at, of course, what the Chiefs have done over the last five or six weeks, what the Colts have done since our one and four start, what the Patriots have done over the last eight games, even though they lost today, they were on a seven game winning streak. So they had a slow start, I think two and four. They reel off seven straight. They lose today. So they're still one of the top teams. The Titans, if they could get healthy, are in that mix. They swept us, of course, but they're not the same team that we saw in those two earlier matchups. And we're definitely not the same team that they saw in the first two matchups this season. So we put it in the game preview title that the Colts are looking to re-spark this rivalry. And I think we did that because within this game, it got chippy, it got physical, it had all the telltale signs of what a rivalry should be. And to come out on the winning end is great. And on primetime, Saturday night, we improved to 8-6. and six. It had it all, Jason. It really, really did have it all. No question. And we bullied them straight up. There's no there's no oh. way to put it. We, and, and Jason, we bullied them. you just told me off air, the most impressive thing is 
we really beat the crap and beat them down and go on to score 27 points and to beat them by 10 points without a passing game. We throw for 57 yards the entire game, and we still laid down the hammer on this great Patriots defense. Absolutely. And, I mean, we bullied them all game long. I thought the Colts surprised them with their physicality, and I really think they got kind of got in their head because, honestly, it, I mean, and maybe I'm biased, but on the play that Pittman got ejected on and Duggar got ejected on, all I saw was Pitt blocking. I didn't yeah. see him doing anything illegal, and no. the dude rips his helmet off, and then he throws a punch, and all Pittman did was he after it, his helmet got ripped and off. The other, he, and the other guy knocked him from behind. So we really got – I thought there were two Patriots that could have got ejected. One Patriot got ejected, and Pittman got ejected, which was absurd. Absolutely absurd. He did – look, he was just blocking, and then when his helmet came off, he was just – he pulled the guy down to protect himself so the guy didn't beat him. So I thought that was horrible by the officiating. It was certainly – you know, the Colts didn't do anything dirty. And, no. and there was some dirty stuff going on that game. Judon pushed off on – when Wentz was on the ground, he kind of dug his mm-hmm. hand in the Ju- Judon's neck, and, his, and, and Wentz was heated after that. So, yeah, if there wasn't a rivalry for, for these players specifically before, there is now. And the way the Colts came back and bullied them on that last drive when they had to have it, they bullied them on the first – think about it, bookended. First drive of the game, bullied. Last drive of the game, when they knew what we were going to do, bullied. That's all you need to know. The Colts were the more physical team. They were the tougher team, and they executed better. They were the better team. Period. They were the better team today, and we knew we had the better roster. We talked about it. We said we had the better roster. No matter what happened today, they have the greatest head coach of all time with his six Super Bowl championships. So this is not a knock on Frank Reich, which we have been known to do from time to time. They have the better coach. They have the more experienced coach. They have the championship winning coach. And Reich, minus that one RPO where you put the ball into Wentz's hands, or you even just, I know people will be, oh, well, it's Wentz's call. Just giving him the opportunity to pull that ball out and throw in a situation like that when you have the ball at midfield and you have a comfortable lead and everything's going in your direction, there's no need for it. I think we were up 13 points at the time. But outside of that, he coached a very solid game. After that, I don't think we threw another pass. It was all Taylor and the one trick player, the one little end around to Doolin. But it was pretty much everything was on the ground after that. And it was pretty much all Jonathan Taylor. So Frank coached a really good game. You could say he outcoached Bill Belichick in this game. But coming into the game, my overall point is we knew we had the better roster. We had more talent. But you also know the New England Patriots are going to do their job. That's their motto. That's been their motto with Brady, without Brady, with Stephen Gilmore, without Stephen Gilmore. It doesn't seem to matter who they have on that defense, who they have on that team. Belichick has rotated hundreds of players through his six Super Bowls, hundreds of players, and they all come in and do their job. And I actually thought, Jason, we out New England Patrioted the New England Patriots. They were getting dumb penalties. They were turning the ball over. We did have the one turnover, but they had two turnovers. We had the two picks. I just felt like we beat them at their own game. They had a first and goal, or they had they would have had a first and goal at the three, but there was a hold, so that moved them back. Then there was a false start. That moved them back. I think they had to delay a game. So they had a lot of penalties in this game where we kind of beat them at their own game. We were the ones doing our job. We were the ones that were getting overly physical at the line of scrimmage. We won the battle up front. Of course, our offensive line 
in the run game. And Reich was not afraid to give Taylor 29 carries to Carson Wentz's 12 passing attempts. And I wish it was 11 yep. passing attempts, but it was 12. And that 12th kind of tightened the game a little bit. But then you look at Taylor, 29 carries, 170 yards, 5.9 yards per carry, and a touchdown. It's just incredible how good this guy is. And Frank seemingly today comprehended that, coached to it, and didn't double down. Oh, I wish I threw earlier. No, he made a mistake. Wentz made a mistake. Wentz threw the interception. And then he said, let's milk the clock. They could score another touchdown, but they're not going to have enough time to score two touchdowns, to score 10 points, to tie this game. And Jonathan Taylor obviously sealing the deal at the end. Yeah, I loved our game plan on every side of the ball. Offense, defense, special teams. Offensively, for me, I thought it was – I just think it was an absolutely outstanding job by Frank Wright game plan, in this, especially the first drive. Really the whole game, honestly. And the, and the reason I say that is – he did what Belichick usually does. He yeah. neutralized he neutralized the, the Patriots' best defensive player, Judon, who wrecks games by running the ball. He then neutralized their secondary, who forces a ton of turnovers and catches everything that's near him by continuing to run the ball. So he did dictated to them what, what we were going to do. He was not dictated to. And I think that was the difference in this game. In the past games where we've blown leads, they dictated to him, meaning, oh, well, there's too many guys in the box or there was this, this, and this. He didn't care at the end of this game. He said, you know what? If we're going to lose this game, we're losing it with our best player and our best facet of our team, which is our offensive line. And I really, really – I'm hopeful that going forward, he understands, hey, we can play and win like this. We can lean on our defense. We can lean on, on our running game. We don't have to score or throw it 40 times. We can throw it 20 times and win. We've done it a bunch of times this year. And I thought his game plan was outstanding. I thought Fluce's game plan was outstanding. They shut down the run. They made Mac Jones beat us. When you make rookie quarterbacks beat you, they turn the ball over. He turned it over. Darius Leonard with a nice pick. Bobby Okereke with an incredible interception. Maybe the interception of the year for the Colts. I mean, that was – I can't even put into words how hard of a catch that was. Absolutely outstanding job, not only catching it at the first part of it, but to go down to the ground and maintain the catch, which is always the most difficult thing. That was a huge, huge play for the Colts. It took all the momentum away from the Patriots coming out into the second half, allowed the Colts to get that field goal and gave them some extra breathing room. So just an absolute great job of game planning this week. I think, I mean, honestly, I thought Frank and Flus kind of out game plan them because I mean, we shut down what they do on offense. We made them beat us with with the young quarterback, and he. I mean, he played he played better in the second half. I'll give him that. But as a quarterback, he can't throw two picks, and he did. And it was a difference in the game. And I think Flus deserves a lot of credit for the way this defense has been playing. And I think Reich deserves a ton of credit for being patient, or at least more patient tonight than he has been ever before since he's been here, knowing at the end of that game, if we're going to lose, we're losing with our best, and that's the that's the bottom line. We're not throwing anymore. We're going to put it on 28, and let's go get this win. And those guys did it, and, and man, what a special win. I hope they give the ball to, get, to Ryan Kelly and his family at, with what they're going through. Mm-hmm. Just a special, special win for a lot of different reasons, for a lot of different people. I thought Danny Penner was outstanding. He stepped up and did a great job tonight. So just an overall unbelievable 
performance, more than I could have ever asked for. And I'm so, so excited for the rest of the season because we see it now, Luke. We've seen the blueprint. This team can beat anyone. They can win. They can win by scoring a ton of points throwing. They can win by running. They can win by special teams plays. They can win by, you know, getting turnovers on defense. You know, they can shut people out. So I'm not afraid to play anybody. You want to play the, want us to play the, let's go play the Titans. Sign me up right now. I would love to. I don't, there's not any team I'm afraid to play with it, with this group of guys that we have. So we got to finish this season. This isn't the end. We're just starting to climb the mountain now, but we have, and we have to finish the season strong, but this shows these players and these coaches that you can win a game like this. And that's very, very important for our confidence going forward. Because like you said, Luke, they hadn't lost on the road all year and they were seven and zero in their last seven games coming into this game. They play better on the road. New England does. And they came in and, and we, t- we took it to them. We took it to them from start to finish. There was a little lull in there. But the physicality never went away. And when you can outfit physical a Bill Belichick team, that's not easy to do. So the Colts deserve a ton of credit. Both sides of the ball, special teams, coaching staff, everybody. Outstanding job tonight. Couldn't have said it any better, Jason. Outstanding job by this team. Offense, defense, special teams. You've been calling it for a while. Bubba is a future head coach in the National Football League. There's been other guys who went straight from special teams coach to head coach. You look at most recently Joe Judge with the Giants, which is not a great example in terms of successful head coaches. But then you have John Harbaugh, who is arguably a future Hall of Fame head coach from his tenure in Baltimore. He's been there for a really long time, won a lot of games, division titles, won a Super Bowl championship. He was a special teams coordinator. Then he became a head coach. So you could see a similar path to becoming a head coach. For Bubba, and this is our third big play, like our really big, big play in terms of game-changing plays this year. That felt like a 14-point swing because when we were up 20 zip, we only scored one offensive touchdown to get to that number. And right, one of our right. field goals came on a drive where we, I think, advanced zero yards. The Bobby Okarik, I know we have to change the pronunciation yeah, we went of his name now, it. but... Okay, Bob- yeah, on the on the on the Oak interception, we went backwards. On the first play, there was that quick yeah, throw yeah, to Doyle yeah. where he got Doyle killed. Second was almost intercepted. Third was a sack, so we lost yardage. We missed the field goal. They get a penalty. Luckily, we yep. re-kicked the field goal. We get the three points. That was a bit that was a big play, them getting that penalty. And oh, Luke, I want to say this. I've been critical of Colt fans a lot as far as noise. That place was electric tonight. Absolutely electric. It was loud the entire game. There was at least five penalties caused by our fans tonight, I thought. And they can make such a big difference. And honestly, I'm I'm, going to give away a secret. I'm going to give my game ball to the crowd tonight. I thought they were unbelievable. They were loud from the beginning of the game to the end. You see how much of a difference it makes, how hard those guys were playing, the effort that everybody was playing mm-hmm. with. They were, I mean, the place was juiced up. It like felt it like was, a college crowd, to be honest. Yeah, it was like 2009, dude. It was like it 2009 was. back when Peyton was there. And, and I mean, it's it that was the loudest, most electric Colt crowd that I've heard in over a decade. It was unbelievable, those fans. I know some of them listen to this show. Shout out to you guys. You were unbelievable tonight. You helped this team immensely. I, I think a lot of times people forget how much of a, uh, how much of an advantage playing at home can really be when you make a ton of noise. And you saw it tonight, man. It, it, Mac Jones had a rough night 
dealing with that with that noise and, and their offensive line. And and so, I mean, maybe I'm just in a, a really loving, good mood, but I really thought that the Colts crowd was just absolutely great tonight. They deserve a ton of credit. Absolutely. I thought the Colts crowd was incredible. It really did feel like a college-type crowd. Like, it felt young. Like, I actually heard chants coming through the television where you can make out what they were saying. A lot of times with professional sport crowds, it's more just cheering, booing. You don't actually make out chants. And I could actually make out chants on the television. So I thought the crowd was phenomenal from start to finish. It was a great crowd. I have a couple direct messages right now coming from Cole fans who were at the game telling me that it was one of the best, if not the best game day experiences they've ever had from the bars to the street to entering the stadium to the entire game experience in the crowd to the post game leaving going to the parking lot the streets of indianapolis the bars again post game it's just been a non-stop party and i know we haven't beaten them entering this game in 12 years but don't get it twisted the new england patriots logo bill belichick that absolutely is a factor in this that rivalry between these franchises doesn't just go away because there's 106 new players. There's still something about the cities, about the logos, about the owners, about their head coach who's still there that absolutely carries over and it absolutely plays a factor, without a doubt, in my opinion. No question. That that absolutely added to it tonight. And and there's a lot of people out there like me that are older fans. I'm 44. There's a guy there's a guy in our comments. Yeah, I know. It's I was, been a big topic of discussion this week. He called me he called me a kid, which I appreciate that. It makes me feel young. Yeah, but then at there heart, was somebody else. I think Bill, one of our very loyal listeners, was asking how old you were because you started mentioning stuff from like the eighties. Yeah. Are you talking I'm about something? I'm 44, but what I was going to say, Luke, was... Well, wait, there's another big controversy right now in the comments. I say, for the culture, too fast. Oh, yeah, that's... Like, it's one word, for the culture, which I do do that, and I'm sorry. It's for the culture. <laughs> I got to do a better job pronunciating and really hitting that cult, because I yes. just rush through, like, for the culture. But you're so excited, dude. I'm so, so pumped up. Yeah, exactly. I'm so pumped up when we do the podcast that I just jumble all my words together. But I came up with the name. So I know it's the For the Culture podcast. I have to open like that. <laughs> and I love the name. And the name is is the it's best. Fire. So it is fire. Everybody knows it. But going back to what I was going to say, just you know, being older, I, I think a lot of older fans – and by older, I mean, you know, people that were around in the AFC East days will hate New England till they're in the ground. And I'm one of those people. I don't care where we are, what division we're in or anything else. I will hate New England more than I hate any teams in our division. And this is just real talk. I hate that team. I hate the city. I hate everything about it. So when we beat them, it warms my heart. And every time we beat them, it's more enjoyable than the previous time. So I'm so happy tonight, guys. I can't put it into words. Fuck Josh McDaniels and that entire organization. But also thank you to Josh McDaniels because you did bring us Matt Eberflus. And we ended up with Frank Reich. And we were far better for it. You were outcoached tonight, my friend, by Matt Eberflus. And I think everybody saw that. But as far as I go, man, 
I'll hate that team till I'm in the ground. So I'm I'm in heaven tonight. This is wonderful. I could talk about this game all night long. And I think a lot of Cole fans out there feel the same way as I do. And you you hate them too, Luke. So it's not just me being old. It's most most of our fans just hate them. They just period hate them. And so that's where this rivalry is, man. And if we, every time we play them in our building, from now on, I think that's gonna be the that's gonna be the the uh, experience that you get is a live lit crowd like that. I just my thing is I just want our fans to be on point every week when we play at home because I really feel like the, these guys deserve it. They fought back from a lot. I mean, in eighteen they were zero and what one and five. They come back, they go to the playoffs. Nineteen, you know, they kind of fall apart down at the end. But last year we make the playoffs with. Phil with no fans and then or very few fans and now this year we've kind of struggled at home but tonight was huge hopefully going forward the last game I think you know against the Raiders will show out and uh, get another really really great game experience from the fans and have them be loud because that's going to be a huge game too but man what a night for Colt fans what a night for Colt players what a night to be a fan of this organization just an absolutely wonderful feeling after this game Top to bottom, man. I'm I'm just so excited. Oh man, I'm out of words, Luke. I'm just mm-hmm. I, I just can't believe after one and four, we're here talking about a win over the Patriots by double digits and being the five seed. I would have never guessed this, but that's why they play the games. That's why you play the games, and we've played the games pretty well, especially because our last three losses all should have been wins. And if Reich learns, because we've said it. Reich is a genius in many ways, but he's one of those like idiotic geniuses that could do everything perfectly. And then for some reason outsmarts himself. Every time he gets out coached, he kind of beats himself. And today you're going up against the goat and he really did for the most part out coach the goat in Bill Belichick. He outgame planned him. He outcoached him. The biggest issue was that RPO where you're putting Wentz in a position where he could keep it, he could throw, and he could make a mistake. But after that, we come back. It's straight runs. I think there was eight or nine minutes left. We run the ball. There was a fourth and one, a QB keeper. Wentz did not have a good game by any stretch of the imagination, but he was three for three on quarterback keepers on fourth and inches, fourth and one, which was huge in this game. So he has to get... And deserves a lot of credit for that. He had another big rushing first down, too. It might have been a second and long, third and long. And he was able to pick up a first down in the first half. So he was good with his legs, just not so good throwing the football. And actually got lucky that it was only one interception because it could have been two or three, maybe four interceptions on only 12 passing attempts. So we talk all the time about 35-plus passing attempts. The way he played tonight, if he threw the ball 35-plus times, 40, 50 times tonight, we would have got beaten and beaten badly so thank god that did not happen but that drive after the Carson Wentz interception they kick a field goal we get the ball back committed to the run it's all Jonathan Taylor that was the most impressive drive of the game because even on third down with four minutes of something left Frank ran the ball and he was okay with punting we made them burn timeouts we burnt over five minutes of clock we punted them the ball back in a 10-point game If it's a two-point game, three-point game, maybe you coach it differently, and I would have suggested you coach it differently. Maybe you go play action on third down because picking up a third down is a lot bigger in that situation, but you're up 10 points, so you don't want to turn it over. You don't want to give them the ball back with seven, eight, nine minutes left. You want to milk clock, 
You want them to burn at least one or two timeouts, which they did, and they got ball back with one timeout. There was a little bit under four minutes, three and change left. You give them the ball back, and you could give up a touchdown. The defense is allowed to give up a touchdown there. You just don't want it to be in the first minute. You want them to at least get under the two-minute warning. They do score with two and change left, which I wasn't happy about because of the big play against Isaiah Rogers. There was also a rough in the passer, so they get the ball down like inside the 10-yard line really, really quick. We get the ball back, and then boom, Jonathan Taylor hits the home run. And again, Reich in that situation could have decided to throw. He didn't, committed to the run, and that's where Reich was at his best tonight. In my opinion, everything after, not building the 20-point lead, everything after the biggest mistake which was the interception, that's where Reich was at his best. Because we throw the pick, we give up the field goal. That was great defense. The defense making that stop was as big as anything they did in the first half during that two-quarter, three-quarter shutout was that stop holding them to a field goal after the interception. And then, boom, we go down. Jonathan Taylor hits the home run, 67-yard touchdown. Colts go up 10. Colts go on to win the game. So I thought Reich was really, really good following the entire first half, but especially following the interception drive. I agree. I thought that was a drive. That was, that was a season for, to me. That was a season saving drive in the sense that if he goes to throw the ball in that situation, I don't think this game ends the way we want it to, but instead of doing that, he makes Bella, he coaches smart. He makes Belichick use his timeouts. He's going to run the ball and he's going to let his defense win the game. But the thing you have to remember is we got a home run hitter in the backfield, and it only takes one handoff to, to change the game. He gave it to him, and the rest is history 67 yards later, and that's it. That's all she wrote. And that's, that's the thing I always say. It only takes one play. He is a home run hitter, and it can happen anytime. It can happen on the second play of the game. It can happen on the 10th play of the game. It can happen on the 30th carry of the game. But it's going to happen if you give him enough chances. He's yep. just too good. And to watch them do that on the last drive, like I said, they bookended it. They bullied him on the first drive when they knew we were going to come out. Run it might the have ball, been the second drive, could... right, Jason? Didn't we go three and out on the first drive? Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. The second drive. Mm -hmm. So we, so we, but but the second drive, we yeah. But your him point, your point still holds. Yeah, because we threw it three times on the first drive. Yeah, the it second actually, drive is like actually makes your point even stronger. Yeah, so on the second drive, he's like, you know what? We're going to run. That's what we're going to do. And we went right down the field, scored a touchdown. I think we only threw it one time, and the rest was all runs. And at the end of the game, well, same thing. Yeah, ironically, the only passing attempt, I think, that drive was the touchdown, but it was like a behind-the-line flip pass to Hines, which is essentially a run. So there was the dueling end around, which was a huge play that drive. Actually, yep. both scoring drives had a duel and end around, if you think about it. Right. Which is ironic. Yeah, he didn't they, go anywhere on the yeah. on the second one, but Yeah, the first the first touchdown I thought was a really beautiful play design. It was beautiful, they ran yeah. it was they executed perfect. Uh, we said this game was gonna be about execution and, and we out executed them. That's the bottom line. We we did it in every facet. We didn't have stupid penalties. We got some penalties, but they had more penalties. And uh, they turn the ball over more. And that's the difference, man. It's razor thin when you play these games. And and for us, just not being able to throw the ball tonight, we had to lean on our running game, just like they had to lean on their running game when they went into Buffalo and won. And, and I'm not going to apologize for it. We got the best running back in the game. 
And, you know, some some games, Wentz is not going to be on and you want to put it on 28. And he'll go win you the game. And that's what happened tonight. Give a lot of credit to that O-line, man, especially Penner filling in. He's really been good. You know, I saw uh, Pryor come in for some, like, jumbo packages. He did, I think he was in on that long run at the end of the game. So they they, they just played physical football. And, it, and it's funny because for the longest time, people knew us as a finesse team. This team is not a finesse team. This is a punch you in the mouth, get physical, you know, run you over type of team and that's why i like this team you can uh-huh. take that on the road and win and you can take it on the road and win against anybody so man luke it, it was a special night a lot of fun huge win might not have been pretty at all times but at the end at the end results pretty dude we're eight we're what eight and six now fifth seed beat a damn good football team with a, with a hall of fame coach and uh they hadn't lost on the road all year long and so just a special, special night. Crowd was great. Atmosphere was great. And I got nothing bad to say, man. Just a just a, a big uplifting win for the Colts and the fans and everybody that supports the team. So, I mean, that's that's really where it's at, man. All three phases. It was a complete win. Absolutely. And you already gave your For the Culture Player of the Game to the crowd? Yep. I'm giving so, it to the 12th man. Yeah, the 12th absolutely. Man. So I'm going to give it to – I'm giving my honorary game ball to Ryan Kelly, and I'm going to use that game ball as everything he's going with, through right now with his family and his wife. So I'm giving it to him, but it's symbolic of – we give Nelson a lot of credit for this offensive line, but Kelly was really the first all-pro offensive lineman here. Now that Costanza's retired – as far as this group goes, he is the vet of this group. Pinter did a phenomenal job filling in for him. And not just this week, but the other time he had to play for him too. So he's really a tone setter. Then Quinn Nelson comes in and brings it to a whole nother level. And then we draft Jonathan Taylor, who brings it to another level because they make him look good. He makes them look good. And it's just the perfect storm. So This game ball is going to Ryan Kelly, but it represents the offensive line, the toughness, the push up front, winning that battle at the line of scrimmage and Jonathan Taylor. So it's just a combo of the Colts in the run game, 170 yards for Jonathan Taylor and the game winning 67 yard touchdown to seal the deal at the end. Yeah, well said, Luke. And, and listen, th- those guys are a really close-knit group. And I mean, it, it's it's heartbreaking what Ryan Kelly is going through right now. But I think those guys really, really put a chip on their shoulder in this game and wanted to really win for him, knowing what he's going through. And I just thought it was an outstanding job by all those guys to to pull through for their brother. And I think, you know, that's a great that's a great call, giving him the game ball, the offensive line, Jonathan Taylor. They're all they're all of one accord. They all work together. One wouldn't be as successful as without the other. And, you know, John, and, and like you said, Ryan Kelly has been a pillar of this offensive line since he got here and been really, really a great player. So as far as just personally, I feel for his family, hopefully, uh, you know, they're getting the support and love that they need during this tough time. Colt fans have been, you know, really, really showing them a lot of love. And I hope that continues. And obviously the Colt players. Yeah. Yeah, it absolutely will. And, 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 you know, hopefully the Colt players, uh, just keep playing. Like if he doesn't play next week, just keep playing for him. It, it, it shows them. It showed on the field tonight how, how hard they played. And 
was just a special, special win in a tough circumstance. And I know he appreciates that from his from his brothers. So good call on that, Luke. And like you said, for me, I'm I'm gonna I always kind of go outside the box. And and tonight for me it was the fans. I just they were so good. You know, I, I like I said, I've been critical in the past, you know, not filling the place up, not having it be very loud. That was not the case tonight. Whoever the opponent doesn't really matter. They came in, the fans came in, they were loud from start to finish. They made a difference. There were certainly penalties caused by their noise. And I just think they deserve a ton of credit. If anyone of you guys listen to this show, we're at the game. Shout out to you. You did a great job. All those fans in that place making that noise. Outstanding job. I mean, it was electric. I could tell you could hear it on TV. Um, just, a, just, a, it, it just, it gave me, it gave me goosebumps. It made me feel like I was back in the, in the heyday of the Colts when either the RCA dome or Lucas oil was rocking on a Monday night or a Sunday night game. It was really special tonight. And, uh, just a huge, huge win for everybody, the fans, the organization, the players, just, just an absolutely incredible win for the Colts tonight. It was Jason. It really was. So to get this win, to beat that team, to improve to eight and six, and to now be sitting at the fifth seed after a week off, we just shot up the ladder during our week off. And now we take it another notch where we actually are the team. We're not rooting. Oh, we need help from this team. We need help from that team. As far as the wild card goes, we control our own destiny to be the number one wild card at this point, right after the four division leaders and maybe we get a little bit of help with Tennessee where we could sneak in and win the division I still think it's kind of a long shot but as far as once we get into the playoffs with all their injuries I would love to see the Titans in the playoffs and I'm really not afraid of anybody I would really just you know bring it on right absolutely let's just get in and make some noise I mean the the key thing that people need to understand now with this win is if we finish this season, even if we lose to Arizona, and I'm not, I'm not giving that game away. I'm not saying we can't win there. I, absolutely not, especially with DeAndre Hopkins out. But even if we lose that game, if we win the final two games on our schedule, the biggest thing about it is not the 10 wins so much as it is we will be 9-3 and three in the AFC. Mm-hmm. That, is, that will be probably the best record versus AFC teams or close to it of any team whether they're a division leader or anybody else. So that gives us the tiebreakers on over all these other teams and other, in other divisions. So that's a huge thing. The AFC West is going to beat each other up here at the end. The AFC North is definitely going to beat each other up here at the end. And no matter who wins or loses between first and second, or even I guess third, if the Dolphins somehow, cause you know, whatever. We swept that whole division. So no matter how that division stacks up, I think the Dolphins are out. But between the Patriots and Bills, whoever comes in second, we no matter what hold the tiebreaker over them head-to-head. Forget about AFC record. So, yeah, tiebreaker-wise, from last year to this year, it's night and day. Because last year, we swept our NFC opponents. This year, we're 1-3 and against the NFC. And last year, we obviously lost so many AFC tiebreakers besides our division tiebreakers with the Titans and that game against the Ravens. We've been perfect in the AFC. Yeah, no question. And and uh, you made a good point about the wins that we have over the AFC East. It doesn't even really matter now who wins between the Patriots and, and the Bills because, I mean, we beat them both. So now we're in a good we're in a good position. But again, we haven't won in Jacksonville since 2014. 
we should win there, but I'm not I'm not ready to just say we're gonna blow our helmet out and win. No. They got rid of the biggest problem that they had and now you know that the guy that's coaching for him is probably coaching Your mic's for cutting out, Jason, but I think we're about to wrap it up anyway, and I know exactly what you were about to say. Their biggest probably self inflicted issue was hiring Urban Meyer. But we have a Christmas Day game coming up, so we'll be back with the Cardinals preview Christmas Day Colts Cardinals. Then we have the Raiders, then we have the Jaguars, and we will see a Urban Meyer-less Jacksonville Jaguar team. It was one and done, not even one and done for Urban Meyer. Who could have saw that coming? We were talking about that back when they made the hire in, I guess, February or March of last year. What a disaster that would be and what a disaster it's been. But what a freaking win today, Jason. Beating the New England Patriots, first time since 2009, first time since the Peyton Manning era. I mean, it's been a long time coming. The entire Andrew Luck era came and gone. Pagano, like all the stuff that's happened since the last time we beat them in terms of Colts Patriots franchise history is is crazy. So to be back, to beat this team, to respark the rivalry, to have Lucas Oil Stadium rocking the way it was rocking tonight is a great, great thing, and it's a great time to be a Colts fan. That's my man Jason Spears. I'm your host, Luke Diamond, and this is the For the Culture Podcast.